Hello and welcome Shoreline City Church family in Dallas and in Antigua. And if it's your first time joining us today, can we just say we are so excited that you are here with us. You are about to hear a Sabbath Sunday message from our very own pastor, Earl McClellan. We believe that this message is for you, that God wants to speak to you. So grab your friends and your family and lean in. Sabbath Sunday is something that we do at the end of every single year as we reflect on what we've seen God do in the year and we look ahead for what God is yet to do in the year to come. So we're believing for miracles and don't forget that we are doing our 14 days of prayer in just a couple of weeks. So follow us on Instagram for that. We cannot wait to see all that God does in your heart and your life. So lean in. We love you so much. Hey, family, I'm so excited to be with you today. I cannot wait for what God's going to do in all of our hearts and lives. To all the friends and family that's with us for the very first time, we just want you to know we're really, really glad to have you with us. So whether you're a friend, a cousin, an aunt, a mom, a dad, a grandparent, who knows your relationship to the person who's a part of Shoreline City, but I want you to know. We pray for you. We care about you. And we're trusting that today is going to be a really, really special day in your heart, in your life. Thank you for being here with us. Now, now you might be surprised that, yes, I am indeed, in fact, bald. There it is. You have it right here. But I was shaving my head before Michael Jordan ever shaved his head, just for the record. But today, we're going to take some time out right now. We're going to open up this Bible, and we've got our family from all over the world literally together. So to Shoreline City, Antigua, thank you for being with us, for all of our family in Dallas, and everybody who's watching anywhere around the world, and you're with us week in and week out. I just want you to know we're incredibly excited that we have these moments today to open up this love letter to all of humanity. God's book to us for his glory. He gave us this, the sacred text, this holy Bible, and it's going to change and transform our hearts and our lives today. So I want you, if you have your Bible, open up with me to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. And if you don't have a Bible at all, we're going to put the scriptures on the screen so you can follow along with us for just these next few moments that we'll be together. 2 Kings chapter 4, beginning in verse number 1. It says, the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys, my two sons, as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. The title of our talk today is, and you thought it was over. And you thought it was over. Hey, let me set the scene here because there's some great things going on in this passage of scripture. Uh, this is about 9th century BC, and there are uh, severe oppressive economic conditions for many people. 
And here you have uh, this woman and she's a she's a single mom. She has these two sons. We're not sure of their age, but they were at least old enough to go around to the neighbors and, and grab jars. So we know they're not babies and they're able to talk with her. So here you have a single mom with these two sons. And then she had a husband. He's died. He worked for a nonprofit. He worked in the ministry. And for however long he was working for this nonprofit, at some point in time, he died. And he did not leave a lot of money for his family. As a matter of fact, he left his family in debt. So now you have this single mom and you have this dad who worked for this nonprofit and now he is, he's dead. And, and, and now you have these couple of sons and, and you have the laws of the day. The laws of the day would actually say if you were in debt to a creditor, that creditor could come and take your sons away. So all of this is a, a terrible situation. This single mother has bills that are piling up. She is feeling the weight and the pressure of the season that she's in in life, praying to God that things would be different. And she finds herself in a situation that she does not know how to get out of. Have you ever found yourself in a situation you don't know how to get out of? I know I have. Have you ever found yourself in a situation emotionally? that you did not know how to get out of. Maybe this holiday season has been difficult for you because it reminds you of a loved one that you used to have with you around the table, but that loved one is not around the table this year. You can find yourself, even in the happiest of times, sometimes uh, withdrawing a little bit or maybe crying in a corner or writing in your journal, thinking about some memories. But, but you can sometimes find yourself in a pit, uh, in, a, in a hole, and you don't even know how to pull yourself up out of it. Emotionally, we can find ourselves in places we don't know how to get out of. That could even happen financially. I remember my wife and I, we, she's my best friend still, but when we were first married, about three years into our marriage, we're married now 21 years, so she still looks like when we first got married. Me, I've gotten old on the other hand. But, but I remember when we first got married, we're still newlyweds and, and we found a house. We're going to go buy this new house and the home that we, we own, we were selling and we were so excited because we had our closing date on the home we lived in. And then we had our closing date on our new house and we did something that I will never do again. We moved into our new home. And on the day of closing on our old home, the buyer pulled out, pulled out, they left, and we were stuck with two house payments. And we did not have two house payment kind of money. Who does anyway? And there we were in a spot we did not know how to get out of and the pressure and the, the problems and the concerns and the weight that could be on your shoulders. Maybe you find yourself, even while you're listening to me right now, you're in a spot like that. You're in a spot like that financially. You don't know how to get out of. But this can also happen relationally. Maybe some of our single friends right now, you're dating somebody and you're like, I do not like this guy at all. He's terrible. But I don't know how to tell them. Or maybe, guys, you've got some girl that you've been talking to for a little while and you're trying to be kind, but you don't want to return any more of her text messages. And she just showed up at your house last night. And that'd be weird. That'd be weird. I pray that did not happen to you. But you can find yourself in a spot relationally 
how do I get out of this? I found myself in a predicament that, uh, that I wish I never would put myself in. And, and I won't put myself in it again, but, but it doesn't matter because right now you're still in it. But this can even happen professionally as well with some of us with our jobs. We're on vacation right now, but we are dreading the job that we have to go to. We're in a spot we don't want to be in. You need the money, but you hate the job. Maybe even like the people, but you hate what you do. And you're in a spot, and maybe there's even a dream in your heart to start a company. There's a dream in your heart to take your company from where it is to where you think it needs to be. And, and you got to hire some people, or, or you, you've got to go, you got to talk to some investors, and you're not quite sure how to get out of a spot that you're in right now. I just want you to feel a little bit of what this woman was feeling. She's in a spot that she does not know how to get out of on her own. What do we do when we're in spots like this? I think we'd do the same thing this woman did. She actually turned to God. She did not turn to herself. She turned to God. She goes to the prophet. She's like, hey, prophet, I I need some help here. Uh, Here's a scripture that I want us to look at for just a moment. This is you and I turning to God in the times when we're not sure how to get out of the situation that we are in. Proverbs chapter 3. Verses five and six, here's what the scriptures tell us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths paths straight. Let me, let me break this verse down for just a second. Trust in your boyfriend. Oh no, that's not what it says. Trust in your spouse. Trust in your employees. Trust in your boss. Trust in the economy. Trust in the government. Trust in your talents. No, it doesn't say any of those things. The scriptures here teach us to trust in the Lord. That means you and I fall back into his power, his might, his authority. And we're not supposed to just trust the Lord with half of our heart. The scriptures here teach us to trust the Lord with all of our heart. How many of us are living with half-hearted trust when it comes to our relationship with God? If we're honest with ourselves, we'd say, yeah, I believe in God. But are you trusting him with all your heart? I necessarily can't judge you and your spiritual journey and where you are and if you've trusted God with all of your heart. But you know if you're trusting him with just half your heart, just half your purpose, just half your talents, just half your money, just half your skills and abilities, just half of your past. You want to hold on to part of your past, but the other part of your past, you are giving over to God. But here we find out we're called to trust the Lord with all of our heart and then something crazy Lean not on your own understanding. I dare you later on just to sit and walk through this verse of scripture right here, because when you slow down and you read it, it's incredibly challenging. I find myself all the time leaning on my own understanding. In all your ways, in every decision, here is a, a cuss word for some of us. Submit. To him. Submit to God. This is not a word that we like to use very much, but it's a strong word. It's a good word. It's a healthy word. Submit. Come under the authority of God. 
Take your heart, take your life, take your skills, take your, your faults, take your failures, take your strengths, and take them all and submit them under the hand of God. In actuality, you actually have more power when you submit than when you just do things on your own accord. Take, for instance, this might be a weird example, uh, but, but say uh, people are speeding down your street, right? They're speeding, and you've got your kids. And you're like, I can't believe these people are driving their cars so fast down my street. I'm so upset about this. And you decide you're going to start pulling people over and giving them tickets. And somebody's driving down the road, and they're going so fast. You're like, stop, stop, pull over. And you are not a police officer. <laughs> you just got a post-it note and, you know, a little pen where you're going to use to write tickets. This will be so weird. And if I'm driving fast on your street, just so you know, I'm driving right past you. Why? Because you have no authority to pull me over. But if you work for the government, if you work for the police department and you have a badge and you have a uniform and you have a car and you put your hand up and you tell me to stop and you are underneath the authority, you have submitted yourself under the authority of the police department, you now have more power than when you are not under their authority. I'm just letting you know, when you and I are living this life, if you and I will submit ourselves under the authority of God, you are actually walking around with a badge on you, not to arrest people, but actually to push people forward to say you can be who God has called you to be. You can do what God has called you to do. His hand is on your life for such a time as this, and you can walk into places of darkness and hopelessness and say, stop right here. I speak words of life. I speak words of strength. I speak words of purpose into this bleak environment. You, when you submit, when I submit myself under God, we actually gain more power. Submit yourselves to him. He'll make your path straight. This is why it's important that you have the right people who are talking to you in your ear. You got to have the right people. Okay, wrong friends will mess you up. (laughs) Wrong friends will mess me up. Many of us right now are thinking about some friends like, yeah, they're they're a nice person, but I don't need to be getting advice from them ever again for the rest of my life. Because who you have talking to you, even in those times when you're in a hole, when you're when you're in a place that you're trying to figure things out, when you're in a spot where, where things are kind of tight, who talks to you during that time has a, a huge impact on where you're going to go. There's a, a relational component to both you and me. And, and it's in the context of relationship that you and I actually get to exercise the gifts and the talents and get to walk into the next season of life that God has for us. Think about this. In this story here, this woman, even though she lost her husband, even though she's in a very dire financial situation, she has not isolated herself from community. She has not taken herself from her community. How do we know this? Because when the boys, when her sons went to knock on the doors of the neighbors' houses to ask for jars, those neighbors gave them to her. If she had isolated herself, if she was all by herself during this difficult time, 
perhaps when the prophet said, hey, go get some jars, go ask for a bunch, she would have said, I only have what I have in my house. And sometimes what you and I have in and of ourselves is not enough. That's why God designed us to be intertwined and connected with each other so someone else can help you become who you've been called to be. So in the story here, watch this here, watch this. She goes to the neighbors and the neighbors give the jars and the jars help with the miracle. Uh, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago uh, as, as a church family. Uh, those of you who were there will remember I, I used this, this word called root touch. This is uh, something used to describe redwood trees. Redwoods are the tallest trees in the world. And you would think since they're so incredibly tall that their root system would go incredibly deep. But it actually does not go that deep. It only goes down about 10 to 12 feet. But how does something so tall stand for so long? Some redwoods are a couple thousand years old. These trees have been around for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, and they reach to the sky. How are they able to stand with such a shallow root system? It's because their roots, even though they don't go down deep, they go out wide. And what their roots begin to do is their roots intertwine with the other redwoods next to them. So now I'm as a, me as a redwood, I'm intertwined with my friend and intertwined with my wife who's intertwined with somebody else who's intertwined with somebody else. And now we're all pulling on the strength of each other. Why has it been so easy for you to be pushed over so many times in your life? It's because you did not root touch. You did not intertwine yourself with the right community. Let me just say for a second, This is why we don't want you being a church hopper. This is why we want you involved in community. This is why we want some people in your life that can encourage you and you can encourage them so that when life happens, because life always does, you are now intertwined and connected with some people that will hold you up. So when the doctor says cancer and it wants to push you over, you have some other people in your corner saying, I believe with you and for you and God is going to get you through this. When you don't get into the school you want to get into and you feel like you're dumb, you have some people that are reminding you that God's hand is on your life for such a time as this and there's still a call and still a purpose on your life. When your business does not get to that next level like you want it to, when you want it to, you have some people that you have root touched that are helping to hold you up. Here's the thing about relationships. You want to make sure you're building them in the times you don't need them. So they are there in the times that you do need them. Are you following me? Because if you isolate yourself, you have no community, no church family, no one that you're connecting with pouring into and no one pouring into you. When life happens as it does for all of us, you don't have the deposits in the relationship that you need when it's time to make that withdrawal. Can I just encourage us here as a family today? Root touch. Get intertwined and connected with the right people, going the right direction, speaking words of hope and life over your life. Oh, okay, so so we, we, got, we got the mom, we got the neighbors, uh, but we also have the sons in this. Do you see the mom? Uh, she's there. She's got 
And these jars that her boys have brought to her, brought them from the neighbors. She's got her jar of oil. She's pouring it. The oil keeps on flowing. She fills up this jar, puts it to the side. The son brings another jar. She takes her jar that she had in her house. She pours it, sets it to the side. The son brings another jar and it's happening. She's like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. I cannot believe this is happening. I cannot believe. And then uh, she fills up this, this jar that she does not know is the last jar. She's expecting another one. She says, bring me another jar. And the son says no more they're done we don't have any more jars and the bible says at that point in time the oil stopped stopped flowing i was reading this and thinking it seems if the sun would have brought another jar the oil would have kept flowing So here are the sons, and they are seeing this amazing miracle. And they announce no more jars. Oil stops. I wonder if they would have gone to get some more jars. I wonder if they would have gone to get a shoe. I wonder if they would have gone to get a basket, just to go get anything. Since they're seeing this miracle happen, if I am them, I'm thinking I'm going to try to get everything I possibly can to get as much oil as I possibly can. But what this son does is he looks at what is. What is, is I don't have any more jars. That's what is. What I wish the son would have done is I wished he would have looked at what could be. And that's what I want to encourage you and I to do for 2019. Don't just look at what is. I want you and I to look at what could be. I know what it is in your marriage right now. But what could it be? I know what it is in your finances right now. But what could it be? I know what it is in your thought life right now. But what could it be? be. I know what it looks like in your family right now, but what could it be? And I know it's been like this for years and years and months and months and hours and hours, and it feels like you'll be stuck here forever. But I just want to encourage you to begin to lift up your faith a little bit more and not just declare what is, but declare what could be. This son, if he would have looked and gone, whoa, 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 whoa. God's working a miracle. God's doing so. I cannot believe God is doing this right here. This oil is flowing. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to hustle as much as I need to hustle. I'm going to go where I need to go. I'm going to grab what I need to grab. If he would have done that, that oil would have still kept flowing. I wonder if in many of our lives, the oil is not flowing anymore because you and I have become such great masters and experts at what is. What is can stifle. What God is trying to bring to to pass in your life. What is you and I becoming such huge experts on what we don't have and how it won't work and how it's going to fail? You and I being such experts there? I'm telling you, it's stopping the oil from flowing. So I just dare you. I dare you. Write down what could be in your family. Write what could be in your community. Write what could be for your church family. Write what could be for your single life. Write what could be for your marriage. Write what could be for your kids. Write what could be in your friendships. I just dare you, write write what could be and see if the oil of God won't begin to flow in that part of your life. Because you see... 
God's really the center of the story. And he's the only one that can make the oil flow. The sons can bring the jars and the mom can inquire of the Lord and Elisha the prophet can give some direction and they can organize the jars. They can do all of this. But if God doesn't make the oil flow, nothing happens. This is where you and I have to understand that that if God does not breathe on our situation and our circumstance and work in power and in might and whatever we are asking, whatever endeavor we are beginning, and you and I are wasting our time. It reminds me of this passage of scripture in Exodus uh, chapter 33. In Exodus chapter 33, verse number 15, Moses says this. Then Moses said to him, said to the Lord, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Moses here is saying, God, if you're not in it, I don't want to go. God, if you're not in the relationship, I don't want the relationship. God, if you're not in that school, I don't want to be in the school. God, if you're not in that opportunity, I don't want the opportunity because wherever your presence is, that's where the power is. Wherever your presence is, that's what will distinguish me. And I don't want to just be another nice person. I don't want to just be another good person. I want to make a difference in my generation. I want to be the man or woman you called me to be. So God, I'm asking you to put me in places where your presence is ready and willing to flow. That's what God wants to do in your life. So if you're stuck in a cubicle right now, God wants to do that in your cubicle. And if you're stuck in a dead-end relationship, God wants to do that in your relationship. I'm telling you the God of heaven is bigger and stronger and able to make that oil keep on flowing and flowing and flowing. I'm, I'm about to be all done here. We've had these few moments together. But in every story, especially every Old Testament story, I, I try to find a picture of the gospel. I try to find, where's Jesus in this? Because he's all throughout the scriptures. Everything keeps on pointing back to him. And in this story here, here is this woman, and she has a debt. She can't pay the debt. So in order for this debt to be paid, something has to flow. I'm reading this and I can't help but think this is a beautiful picture of what Jesus Christ has done for you and I. Because you and I, you and I had a debt called sin that we could not pay. And you and I don't have to be really religious people to understand that there's sin and there's brokenness all in our world. That there are people that we wish we could help. There are individuals all around the globe that we look at and we go, we wish it was not that way. And this has been the stain of sin over all of humanity. And this stain of sin was on me and on you. And you and I had a debt that we could not pay, a hole that we were in that we could not get out of. But God said, I I've got a plan. I'm going to make my grace flow. I'm going to make the son of my blood flow. And he is going to pay the debt that you and I could not pay. Let me read this scripture to you. It's found in Colossians. 
Colossians chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. It reads, speaking of Jesus, he was supreme in the beginning. Leading the resurrection parade, he is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there. Towering far above everything, everyone. So spacious is he, so roomy that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood that poured Everything that's broken, dislocated, it comes into harmony because of this blood that, that poured, just like that oil is being poured, Second Kings, this blood that poured from the cross for you and for me. Your debt is not too much. Your sin is not too huge. Neither is mine. That the blood of our glorious Savior, Jesus Christ, cannot keep on flowing and keep on pouring so that our debt is paid in full. I want to take a moment out now, just a moment, and I want you to, to think about the grace of God extended towards you and I. And I want you to listen to this song. And our team is just going to sing the song, reminding us of the goodness and the grace and the power of God. And this goodness and grace empowers what you and I need in our lives. And as they sing this song over us, I just want you to sit still for just a moment, even maybe with friends and kids and uh, animals running all around. I just want you to pause for just a moment. And I want you to allow this song to, to wash over you. And I'm going to come back right after it. I'm going to close us with a word of prayer. Prepare your hearts, friends.
Friends, I pray that song touched your heart. If you wouldn't mind, I just want to pray over us for just a second. If it's not too awkward uh, where you are, you can even bow your heads. I just want to have uh, this moment. For those of you right now who you're honest with yourself, you're, you would say your heart is not in God's hands. You haven't surrendered your heart and your life to him. Put another way, you would say you're in the driver's seat of your car. Christ is not. And I don't know if there's any better time for you to surrender your life to him than right now. He actually designed this moment for you and for me to connect, to open up this ancient text, this beautiful Bible, and allow his grace to touch all of our hearts. But, but really, at the end of the day, God is after your heart and mine. Are you ready to surrender to him? I'm not asking, do you have all your questions answered? I'm not asking, do you believe in God? I'm not asking, do you have a Bible? I'm asking, are you ready to put Jesus first in your life? This is a moment of surrender. And there might be some of you who haven't been to church in years. It's the closest thing you ever come to church. And now here you are and you're like, no, no, I, it's time. I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to go his way. If you wouldn't mind, I'm going to ask everyone who's, who's watching right now, just put your hand over your heart for just a second. And you can just whisper to God yourself. I surrender. I surrender. Lord, I pray over all of my friends that are watching right now. I pray your grace and your love would grab a hold of every heart. And those that are looking for new life in you, I thank you that it comes right now. I thank you for a new beginning, a fresh start. And I thank you that they're going from death to life, from lost to found. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, let's lift our heads up, friends. I hope you had a great time being with us today. I know I had a great time of being with you. Hey, listen, we're just about done, but don't forget next week, we're going to be meeting together for church, okay? So we've got campuses all over. Make sure you're there. But I also want to remind all of us again, we've got growth track. We want you to take the next step in becoming a part of this Shoreline City family. So if uh, you don't have a church home, I want to encourage you to find one. And if you're near any of our campuses, get to Shoreline City. We're going to get you all connected. What is growth track? It helps you understand who God is and who you are and the part that you play in his story. And we want to get you on this journey so that all of us together can make it on earth as it is in heaven. Before we go, I also want to remind us of the wonderful opportunity we have to give. We've been in this whole heaven to earth offering season, and it is miraculous all that has taken place. We are raising a couple hundred thousand dollars to give away to our community in Antigua and in Dallas. And we're helping kids. We're helping foster kids. We're helping teachers. We're helping first responders. Uh, we're launching a whole nother campus. I mean, so many great things are on the horizon. And I, I don't want you to do anything out of guilt or compulsion, but I do want you to prayerfully consider the part that God would have you play. So even if you pause for a second after we're done here today and go, God, what do you want me to give? Maybe you haven't given to anybody except in the, maybe a little Salvation Army red bucket at some point in time, but today you're feeling on your heart. You want to take another step. 
Do something even more significant. I just want to encourage you, obey what God is putting on your heart. And as you do what God is calling you to do, and I do what God is calling me to do, we're going to be putting smiles on kids' faces literally all over the world. You can text to give. You can give online. You can even download the Shoreline City app and give that way. But however you choose to give, let's recognize that there are people's lives on the other side of our giving, and we're using this money, every penny, every dollar. I give you my word to make it on earth as it is in heaven. I love you so much, church. Hey, see you next Sunday. God bless.